Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Several months ago, I was watching a TikTok video about overcrowded Sydney beaches during lockdown. I was stuck feeling trapped in lockdown in Auckland and the rule breaking in Australia admittedly made me feel quite incensed. I shared it to my personal profile page and I discovered from people who were currently at that beach at that very instant that it was old footage that had been cut to look like it was new. It was a reminder to me that it is so easy to miss a step and share something inaccurate and how easy it is to spread misinformation. I generally spend a lot of time checking the source of my content. I think that's my freelance writing background. And whether I'm sharing it with friends on my business page, I want to make sure that I know it's accurate. If I see a shared post, I'll click on it, check out the profile on the other posts, and often see if I can find the original clip before I share. I also check, was it published on something that was reputable and trustworthy to me? David Letelev, owner of Butterbean Motivation, a boot camp and business based around helping people improve the health and wellness of their bodies and their lives, has seen firsthand the impact of misinformation in his community. Many of Dave's community are the hardest hit parts of Auckland in terms of COVID-19. He's put his boot camp business to the side more recently to serve his people with a food share or a food bank, support and care for those who cannot work during lockdowns and help feed and care for those who are isolating at home with COVID. Dave ran a vaccination drive at his food share and was celebrated and abused for it. He's lost several of his team who have chosen not to vaccinate, many who share misinformation on their own social media pages. We're talking to Dave today about why it's important for creators and business owners to carefully check their sources before spreading any sort of information what the impact of misinformation has had for him and his business, and why checking sources before posting is so important. Dave's part of a campaign run by Meta, which is formerly known as Facebook, and First Draft, an organisation dedicated to help creators and business owners check sources and become educated on the veracity of any information being shared. Now, I know this is potentially a volatile topic of conversation, but I think this is really important for us to learn to be careful. While often we don't see ourselves as influencers, business owners often have a powerful platform and we have to be careful about what we choose and not choose to put in our feeds, being aware of the power of what we do. With the rise of personal brand for small businesses, the business owner is often closely tied to the business they run. So we're going to walk through how to share and what to do. And I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. Dave is truly a gift to this planet. I've said that to him in the podcast. He's amazing. And you're going to love listening to him and hearing his thoughts about the spread of misinformation and why we need to care about it as business owners and creators. Welcome to Muppet Marketing. I've got a special guest for you today. I have moved things around. So whatever I said last week about what we're going to be doing this week has changed because I got the most amazing email this week asking if I would like to interview one of my absolute heroes when it comes to serving people, following his gut to find a way to help his community. David Letelity, Letelli, I look, I practiced it before, I know I missed it. <laughs> Dave Letelli, and he is from BBM, which is Butterbean Motivation. Is that right, Dave? 
Yep. And he has had to go through a huge transformation since COVID hit, where his core business and the thing that he did, and, and actually, Dave, before I get you to introduce, is it run like a business, even though it's a charitable enterprise? Yeah, so we do have a charitable trust, and then we've got a, we've got a business as well. And okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's had to do a huge change with the, the changing needs of what's happened over COVID and with lockdowns and things and the impact on his community. And I was asked if I could interview him around the help or the wisdom that we need to have as business owners and influencers, anyone with a platform around how we manage information and misinformation. Now, before we jump in, I want to make a really clear statement. Dave and I have just both talked about this. This isn't a vax, non-vax conversation. This is not a, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about any type of information that you see on someone else's feed that's an influencer before they've done it they need to have checked their sources checked where it's come from made sure they've gone back to do it before passing it on because the platform and responsibility of us as business owners and influencers is to protect the audience that we've got that's what we're doing so before we do that Dave would you like to just jump in and introduce yourself tell us where you started with BBM and what you're doing now because it's kind of changed isn't it? Yeah, so great to be here. My name is Dave Latelli, aka the Mighty Brown Butterbean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I started BBM really out of my own journey to get my life back together. It was in tatters. You know, I was 210 kilos, very depressed. I lost everything, lost my family. Thank- thankfully, I have all my kids back now, but I went through a real dark part of, you know, real dark phase, real tough few years where I wanted to, you know, end it all. What saved me, though, was exercise, you know, so I started exercising, started boxing, which I was really just the sideshow circus act before Joseph Parker came out. <laughs> but I managed to get a bit of a following through that. Most of the people, though, didn't like me. They hated my guts and wanted to see me lose. So um, oh, I, I feel like yeah. you and I've got a great, I, I have that reaction with other people, too. So I feel like yeah. this is something we've got in common. Yeah. <laughs> And then you just turned it around and like people, um, as I, because I was lucky enough to fight on TV, people would see me losing weight. I mean, I started boxing at 210 kilos. Not many fighters start their careers at that weight. But um, yeah, people were asking, man, what's the secret? What's the secret? And everyone thinks there's a secret to being healthy. But I, you know, so I started a group called BBM or Butterbean Motivation on Facebook as really like a blog where I could share and be myself, you know, and, and sort of share the tips that I was doing, what I was doing, training I was doing, what I wasn't eating. And then it's just the group was started from one person, myself, and it's grown to 15,000 people. It's just a private group. Um, we started our boot camps, which is primarily what we've done. I just wanted to give back. And we started boot camps with just a handful of people out at Trust Stadium. We started out, out south in a, in a driveway with one person. And then now, you know, we're, we're literally impacting just through the fitness group alone, thousands of people a week. And then through to the whole P word, I don't know, people don't like using pivot, but last year. <laughs> it's a dirty word, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last year, the day before level four lockdown, uh, I got a call from a social worker. And anyone that understands the system knows that the system is it's, it, it is broken, it's overwhelmed. Yes, yeah. So last year, a social worker rang me and asked if I could help a family. Now, keep in mind, I mainly just do boot camps at this time. I was doing bits and pieces of helping people with food and whatever we could get. But I wasn't a food bank at all. And she asked me, and the thing was, she was based out west, the social worker, and the family was based out south. And because they were in different areas, their funding didn't cover this, couldn't help the family. Although they knew 
they couldn't help them. Yeah. So if you can imagine how a parent must have felt with four kids with no food the day before level four lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I helped her. We got her heaps of shopping and then we walked it out and the kids come running up saying, mum, 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 we've got food. And right there, I understood that uh, anyone who was already just had their heads above water before COVID is going to drown. So we started the food bank. And we're talking about Chris Quinn before. He was one of the first person people I called. I didn't know him. I just got his number of someone, (laughs) gave him a call and, you know, we've become friends and he's been big supporters of what we're doing. So that's how our food bank started. And I call it a food share now because we're not a bank, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't make billions of dollars. And uh, we, we share so, you know, we're, we, we, we help people food and with, with good food, you know, nutritious food that we would, that we'd go out and shop for ourselves. I don't give out any rubbish. Mm. I don't give out any food that's um, not, not good for you or that's, or that's past date, mm. you know, so we, we you know, because I, I see the children, you know, that that's what it's about for me. A lot of people judge and say, oh, you know, um, they have a choice, blah, blah, blah. And I see all oh, the, the kids don't, you know. Yeah, so and that's what we do now. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like I've actually not like in that position now. I haven't for years, but I was a single mum for eight years. And, yeah. and before that, I had a husband who was, had severe mental health issues. We were the recipients of some food bank things. And I'm so happy that you say that thing around making sure the food was good because we literally wouldn't have enough money to buy flour or things like that. Yeah. And we would get these food bank things and they were full of dated stock and they'd be like these bright green chips or these crappy twisty like really not really junky food and like junky yogurts and stuff like that and I'd be like hey I'm actually trying to keep a healthy environment for my kids and you feel guilty not eating it because you're like this is the free food I've been given and I should be grateful but having healthy food is incredible and I will say if anyone is uh, hasn't doesn't follow Dave on LinkedIn you should go and have a look he's got this video he's done a couple I think your son is two uh, so no, my, he's four. Just he's four. four. He's four. But he go. He had one of his favorite things to do is to go mm. and visit you with you, isn't it? Yeah, he loves it. He because it's what you know. It's what he's seen. It's all he knows. You mm. know, as helping people. You know, it's so important that I show my children the what is you know to be a servant leader to help others and the and the benefits and the blessings that you get from helping yes. others. You know, so he loves coming. He always asks me every day, "Can I come to the? Can I come to work? Can I come to work?" And usually on um, every Saturday we'll come in and, and I let him pack a parcel, and then I and then we you know we'll give it to a family. One time we did that video you're talking yes. about it just went off. Like I said, anyone wants a food parcel? If you want this parcel made by Brooke, please message me. And man, we ended up giving out 200 parcels just from wow. that post. That's incredible. I, yeah, I had so many people. You know, I didn't but want I to let anyone down. One of the things I really loved about that was you could see how much you had modelled it because he knew what to put in. Like he knew the yeah. good choices. He knew those things to do. And I know that um, one of the things that we decided to do this year. Christmas because I've had years where we just had nothing like all those years so my group girls grew up with that and this year one of the things we did for Christmas was instead of giving Christmas presents we're giving Christmas presents to kids in shelters you know and refugees and the joy and the impact that they've had around choosing the gifts and what they're going to do they spent two days you know talking about it and working what they're going to buy and selecting it all and I feel like it is such an important thing for us to do for our kids isn't it like that role modeling is so incredible 100% you know I always think back as what I saw as a kid my father was a, um, a bank robber he was president <laughs> of the, <laughs> he was the president of the, yeah yeah and 
I saw it, you know, I saw, you know, he was the president of a gang. My mum was a street kid, you know, and I saw what they did when times got tough, you know, and times got rough for them and they needed money. I saw what they did. You know? So I went through a phase where things got tough for me. I went back to what I saw, you know, mm-hmm. so I made sure that I've, you know, I've managed to break that cycle with my children. Incredible. And I do, I know we're going to jump into this other stuff, but I do think that one of the things that it is, I, I feel when I see things in the press, and because we talked before you, my mum spent years working um, in South Auckland as a teacher there. And so I was raised in, on the North Shore of Auckland. And often I'd say something and she'd be like, Well, you are talking with so much privilege. And I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> I vote left. Um, and she'd be so angry with me. And it wasn't until I went and taught in South Auckland schools and saw this huge, divide in some of the things and going oh my gosh I've been walking with my basically with my head up my ass <laughs> going oh my gosh I can't believe that 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 we often have two different cities in one city in Auckland and there is this line where people say oh lockdown's been so amazing I've been able to refresh myself and think and then there's this other side which is I can't feed my kids I've lost my job you know there, there is a huge divide isn't there Oh, yeah. I spoke to um, a guy called Blair Vernon from AMP who, who jumped on board and, and, and sponsored us. And he said when he came to visit us, he said it, you know, that bubbles existed long before COVID. You know, people yeah. started talking about bubbles and COVID. But there's some people that, um, and, you know, it's through no fault of their own, just they have no idea what's happening down here. You know, and it's uh, down here, it's quite tough for a lot of people. Well, not quite tough, real tough. Real tough, real tough. And and that won't just finish when we come out of lockdown too. And I think, so I, I think what's amazing is because one of the things also with your business that I've noticed because you've had quite a dramatic imp- impact on, is it Rob Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things I really, I first heard about you from someone who doesn't live in South Auckland. They have a, they work in, he's an accountant. He works in the Waikato and he Kate, was coming up to your um, workouts at the stadium and stuff like that. Cause he absolutely loved it. And I do think one of the things I love about what you do is you don't, it's not a South Auckland business. You are crossing over divides and really looking at helping people whoever want to get healthy. Right. Yeah. We don't just work for Brown people. Mm. You know, what we do works works for everyone. And Rob's a perfect example of that, you know. So with Rob, I met him at a a charity fundraiser at Sky City. I had no idea who he was. Uh, He was talking to Kevin Mialamu, so I wanted a selfie with Kevin, you know. (laughs) And uh, I went up. Yeah. (laughs) And then Rob was talking about being worried about his health. And I said, well, you should put down the wine and the sausage roll and we'll start tomorrow. So... So we did, you know. It's amazing. And he's 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 lost forty kilos. The fittest. He's seventy two in January, and he's so fit. And would become great mates. And he's really, um, really one of the only people I actually listen to. Mm. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, there's lots of people. It's you know, we have you know, with BBM, it can, I think it's one of the only groups that you can have fully patched gang members training with chairmen and CEOs all together. It. Yeah, you know, it's so cool. There's no judgments, you know. And, and because it is a place where you go, and I guess that's what we're going to talk about here as well when we talk about the spread of inf- misinformation. Because one of the things both you and I really want to talk about is this is not us trying to create a further divide in people that already feel divided. This is more about checking sources of information when you find something. Yeah, it's it's I mean COVID really brought this out, but it's about anything, you know, even with health and fitness, you know. 
with yes. diets and nutrition and there's so much stuff going out there and <laughs> people will always say, I just saw this latest thing. I just saw this, you know, just only drink water or just drink lemon or, you know, whatever yeah. it was. Don't even start me on the whole thing that I was terrified to eat a banana for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I love bananas. And if I have one with my protein smoothie, I'm full to lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just say to, you know, it's just to keep it simple. You know, I just like when people are coming at me with all these things, I say, well, why don't you just stop drinking fizzy drinks? It's just <laughs> start with that. <laughs> yeah. it's good Go stuff. for a walk. So why do you think, what do you think causes misinformation? Like, why do you think it happens? And how does, why do you think that it, we are so susceptible to misinformation across the board? Look, I think it's just that, you know, nowadays you have social media such a, play such a big role, you know. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. And, you know, when all these other vaccines come out, you know, for measles and the flu, and, and I was wondering what it was like back when they first come out. But then, there was no social media, you know, no. and and now that you've got all these, and the problem that I see is that people, you know, especially people with that have a following and have influenced them, they'll latch onto something, but they won't dig any deeper, you know. And I I spoke to a doctor about this, and I was interviewing him, and just and we it was like, ask us anything, you know, and the doctor will answer it. And but everyone talks about this, they'll go on to about MedSafe, you know, yes. and but they don't dig any deeper and actually find out what happened with that case was there any other underlying they, they just take things out for face value and then mm. run with it you know it's just a, and it's even like the magnetic stuff that i saw you know yeah it's yeah it was um yeah so i, I wish i was it, magnetic it'd be great i could climb yeah. up walls I, like i think yeah. one of the things i saw um and i pulled someone else up on it actually she's was like a micro influencer and she shared a clip about something and i'd actually seen the live press conference and I knew that that clip was out of context. So, but what I did is I went and clicked on it, watched what she had, and then I went back and checked and read and watched the whole original mm. thing. I could see that they clipped it so that the qualification of what she said had been clipped out, which changed the whole meaning, and yeah. sent that to the person and said, hey, you really need to check your sources and do that. So it's not. I think sometimes we see... I think like in the world of TikTok and short video, we see such short little snippets yeah. and they're so entertaining and juicy that it's easy to share them. Yeah, people, it's like just clickbait stuff, you know? Yeah. And people, the thing with social media is that everyone, they, they want to get engagement and they want likes and followers and all this type of stuff. So, you know, sometimes they're willing to post anything. Stop stories. Like I know on LinkedIn, like my most popular post ever on LinkedIn was me saying that I had had to scrub windows when I was seven months pregnant with my third kid because we had no money and it was the only way we could get food on the table. Mm. And that post had like, you know, 100,000 views and like all those comments and I got clients out of it. And I can post something that is really deep, useful information and I'll get like 300 views. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Juicy works, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but the thing different. The thing was, there's a difference from what you've done. It's authentic and real, mm. you know. And that a lot of these other um, people that have just got to be real careful where they're getting information from. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, keep it in keep it in context. And people are always just going to search for their narrative as well. What suits their narrative? I've got a very good friend, one of my best mates, who is who works with me. And I've said to him, you, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't, you're not going to be able to work here. Mm. You know, you, and, and it's a really tough thing, tough conversation. But, you know, he'll, he'll 
all of a sudden he likes different people because they <laughs> that he did not so like he's a big Brian Tamaki fan now. Oh yeah. You know? you know, and but he never used to be, but it's because he agrees with the, his narrative, you know. So yeah. he's got to be real careful, you know. And I do think that, you know, in terms of the way that the algorithm works on Facebook and Instagram is the more things you like of something, yeah. the more you see it. So you stop yeah. seeing. So I purposely I purposely stay following people of opinions that I don't agree with or challenge me or things so I can see what they're seeing and have a look yeah. at it. So it's quite broad. But most of us go, oh, that's stressful or I don't like that and block it off. Yeah. And then the algorithm changes. Yeah. And it's the same thing when people, you know, you've got people that are sitting on the fence and they're looking at stuff on, on Facebook or on YouTube. And then you all of a sudden you're going down this rabbit hole. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're just like, your, your whole opinions change and you're, you're sending the people that I know, friends of mine that were sending me the stuff of, have you seen this? And it looks like some mad scientist. Like, how did you get to this? Like, where did you find where this? You well, I saw a really amazing, um, there's this woman in the States and her whole thing is about how to debunk how the spread of misinformation, how it happens. And she set up an account that was to test how fast it happened. And she posted an account, she posted some information that was slightly, slightly to the out space of misinformation. Yeah. And within two hours, so it was 500 videos, but videos are short. Within two hours of watching time, she was then seeing alt-right, far-right, violent, yeah, yeah. Nazi kind of information. And that was all she saw in her feed within two hours because yeah, yeah. that push happens so fast. So I do think that happens. And I do think too, like you said something really cool before when you're talking about when you were losing weight and people started saying to you, you know, what's your secret? Everyone wants the quick fix secret. Yeah. And there isn't one. Like the quick fix secret no. is that you just have to bloody do it every day, right? Yeah, there's no there's no secret to it. It's work your ass off. You know? It's a pain <laughs> in the butt. Believe me, yeah. as someone who's yo-yoed, it's such an annoying and, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like you just gotta do the work. And it's not it's not just like work and exercise. It's the main thing is work and in the kitchen. Well, you know, the stuff you don't like to do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like mine, by the way, my latest hack at the moment is I get my fruit and veggies and then I spend two hours and I wash everything in apple cider vinegar and then I chop everything up and put them in containers so I can just pull things out fast. It's actually oh, transformed, but I don't want to do it. I never want to do it, but I thank myself for it every day I do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's making such a difference. So so what? Are, so what? you've seen some results of that spread in your community and your friends, and you said that you've actually seen it like with people that are workmates and people as well, and not just with vaccination, but other things as well. I mean, and obviously yeah. this is bigger. What do you think that influence, so this isn't, this isn't directed, this podcast and this this and the article won't be directed at people who are everyday people. We all should check our sources. Yeah. But as a business owner or a creator, we do have an extra level of responsibility, don't we? Yep. If you're an influencer with any kind of following, you have a, a direct responsibility to, to monitor and watch what you're putting out there, you know, to make sure that it's credible make, and make sure that it's safe. It's like, so it's just for, as an instance, as, as a health and wellbeing person, I'm not going to tell someone to do something that's that's just out there that you, you know what I mean mm. it's just you've got to be so careful of what you're because people are going to follow what you're saying it's yeah just, and I think like I think this is really interesting because we've seen this in the past with things like around fitness for example where it can get quite toxic when people are saying things like 
you know, I live only on, there's, there's a group of people yeah. who say they only live on air, for example, or things. Well, there was that woman who said that she is a complete vegan and then someone snapped her like hoeing into a steak at a restaurant. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with veganism, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, that the whole thing. But I, I do think that it is really important to make sure what you say is something you can live by, isn't it? 100%. You know, that's why, and I'm always very, I always tell our, our team to be very careful what you're looking at, be mindful. So one of our things in BBM is we always say, be surround yourself with positive people, make sure you're around good people. That goes for online too. Yeah. You know, what you're, what you're taking in online, you know, you gotta be careful and just like you said, you know. Um, so yeah, we're really conscious of that because it just can get, you know. And, and the other thing was in social media, and I tell our team is that, you're watching someone's highlight reel. Yes. You know, so we met, especially, especially in health and fitness, you're, you know, you've seen these people and they're just selling you unobtainable dreams because mm. they want your money. You know, mm. so, you know they're selling something. You know? I saw a crazy video. It was of a woman who was, she's well known for like weightlifting and she's got amazing form, but they showed a video and they were stuffing like butt pads in her butt to make her butt ah. look more rounder. So it would give that kind of view and look and feel. And I was showing the different angles. And I do think there's some really good things going around showing how, I saw a great post of a woman where she showed herself over a half hour period, just in different poses, showing what her body lo looked like. And there was this amazing like fitspo kind of look. And then there yeah, was yeah. like, well, this is actually what I look like when I don't do that angle, because you know? <laughs> I do think that that's part of this. This isn't just about a COVID thing. It's about that representation of, of like, I, I often don't wear makeup because I'm, I'm 50 and I don't worry about my hair you know, being perfect and stuff. Because when I work with a client or when I'm interviewing you, I, I'm not going to sit there and put a full face of makeup and blow, my, blow dry my hair and do that. So if I just showed myself as that perfect person on mm. the internet all the time, I'm not showing the real person. And that's like that's like a really little misinformation, but it's kind of, that's the beginning of the slide in some ways. 100%, you know, it's the same thing, you know, with me, how it's like I have to, I've got my big BBM van. I can't take that through the drive-thru at KFC, you know. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've got a free sort of Pilates studio and he got hooked up for that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you stop yourself going through drive-thrus just, just put BBM sticker on your car and you can't go anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but it's the same, like, that's why I'm saying, you know, I, I never talk about, I don't, that I never go KFC or I never eat roast. Yeah. Find the truth yourself, you know, because if I said that, I'd be lying. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's misinformation, you know. Yeah. And I think, so what are some things that you can do if you're an influencer or creator or business owner and you see something and you want to share it? What would be a good thing to do, do you think, before you do that? I just investigate it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't take it just on face value of whatever the title says, actually click mm -hmm. into it and read it, <laughs> understand it, you know, and, and just do a little bit of research. doesn't take you long. Yeah, I think that is so important. Um, I, I do feel too that with misinformation and doing that is that it is scary too, I think, for businesses at this time to kind of step out and say, what they're doing and how they fit without getting it too politicized as well mm -hmm. like I've seen people even just this morning someone saying hi we're going to be open for business we're a restaurant we're looking forward to it and immediately there's this big slam of have you read this video and have you done this and it's this yeah. crushing constant feeling and I think we're in the grips of that but misinformation isn't just about that and I think that's really important isn't it is to say it's across the board 100 it's, it's it's exactly it's all across the board you just got to you just got to be careful and mindful and make sure 
you know, it's, it's just a crazy thing, the social media, you know, we're talking about the business and these people that just come on and just hammer them. You know, it's, it's everything is this, we're, what we're going through now is tough enough, you know. Yeah. You do know? you get impacted by social media? Like, do you get impacted by negative stuff on social media? When I, so we did a vaccination drive through and I got hammered and I hadn't experienced that level of hate since before I was boxing like years ago, you know, <laughs> it was crazy. And I was, but then again, even me, I, I, I went down the rabbit hole. Like I started yeah. replying to people, you know, Yeah. I, I'd always just, just say, just leave it. And the same when, you know, when I was boxing, people hated me and I just, just let it go. But mm. once you start answering it, you know, my advice to people out there, don't answer, just block it. You know? Yeah, I think that's important. Um, I actually used to have a blog on stuff years ago called Losing It, which was a weight loss blog. I put on 10 kilos that year because yeah. I would get so crushed because I'm very sensitive. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, I've had this breakthrough and I've done this and I'm on a full price. And then that would be the day the trolls would come in and I'd have like 400 comments with things like, no, that's the wrong way to do it. You shouldn't eat eggs. Yeah. Or, oh, no, no, you know, you need to have this. And I'd get so confused that I'd go, oh, stuff this and then I'd go and have a chocolate biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I realized it was doing it was doing so much damage for my health because I couldn't pull myself away from strangers on the internet having an opinion mm. about my life. And now I don't have that problem. I'm like I do I do crazy stuff on my Instagram and I just don't care. If someone wants to troll me, I know my community will come in and attack that person if they need to and protect me. Yeah. And that yeah, would yeah. be the same with you. Like I think when you're an influencer or when you've got a platform, if you've got a community around who you are and you're really clear on it, people will protect you when the when the trolls come. You don't have Yeah, to that, that, that's what that's what happens, you know. So yeah. people if there's anyone that gets nasty on there and it, it doesn't take long before you know the, the people come and, and support what I'm doing yeah uh, but you know there's, there's people that you know that, that also they're not they don't support what I'm doing but they're not hating they're just saying you know mm. I love I love what you do I don't I don't agree with this so that's fine yeah you know? and, that, and yeah, I think that's we can stay civil can't we yeah. I, I do think too that it is harder and harder, I think, for business owners and creators to stand for something. If you're going to do it, you have to be prepared that you might get a backlash. 100%. Our why and, you know, our why is strong, our purpose is strong. And we know, you know, we know what we're doing here and people we're helping. We know why we're doing what we're doing. So, yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't phase us. You know, and that's and, key, really, isn't it? When you know that why, it becomes super important. So yeah. if, people, if people want to get hold of you, Dave, if they want to, the things, I mean, I'm really, there's a broad range of people who listen to this. Um, obviously, if anyone goes, man, this guy knows what he's talking about with fitness and he seems like he's going to be someone who's non-judgmental and I can cope. Um, if they want to get hold of you around, you've got a membership, online membership program, haven't you? Yeah, we've got it. So if you can't get access to our boot camps, you can join our online program. It's um, bbm.fit. Um, it's a dollar a day. Go check that out with meal plans and all this stuff. Go into our group. But you know, if you can come to our our, our boot camps, all of our boot camps are free. Um, it's a, it's such a it's more than exercise. You know, it's just a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's the, the vibe and the culture of the places. I'm really proud of where no one's judged. It's very very hard training, but you at your level, you know, you go to however hard you can go. And can I just say with that, because I've watched some videos, you have people who I've seen who are morbidly obese, who Mm. have not moved for a long time, and you will adjust the exercise levels to where people are as well, don't you? So if people haven't moved themselves for a long time, they could come in 
and start from a chair seated position, for example, yeah. and just slowly learning how to what it feels like to move their bodies if they haven't moved them. Yeah, hundred percent. Half the battle, or you know, when you've got people that haven't really gone out of the house much, house much, yeah. they'll never set foot in the gym. The battle is one just getting them through the door, you know. Yeah, and then once so. once once they're there and they see that you know everyone's going, hey, how's it going? You know, well done. And they encourage, you know, we encourage encouragement. It's one of the things we do. If it's too quiet and you're not encouraging your mate, we'll restart the whole session. You know, so, so <laughs> I love it. Everyone, everyone makes sure they're yelling at their partners, you know, and encouragement. And you can, yeah. So you've got people that are, are working out from on a on a bench, on a chair, and you know, we call them regressions, you know, so we which we all started there. So it's you know, we, you're working your way down from say doing a push-up on a wall to doing a push-up on a seat, to then do, doing it on your knees on the ground. You know, so you're just working your way. Because some people that we help, if they fall to the ground, they have to call an ambulance to get them yeah, back Yeah, they can't up. get up again. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, a lot of your fitness, it starts off, I really think, is, is around functional fitness before you, like in getting the body moving happily before it gets to the other stage, isn't it? Yeah. So when, you know, we don't have any equipment, our weight's all around our, our waist. So, <laughs> you know, we just, it's about moving, you know, if you're there and I say it all the time, you know, last night when we ran a session, you know, if you need a rest, take a rest, you know, have a rest, have a few breaths and then join us when you can, you know, you're here, you've made it here. And that's the main thing. You're moving, you know, you're not on that, you're not at home on the couch. I love it. And if I really love it, I've got a exercise program, which is similar, but I think I'm going to join yours as well. But I, what I love about it is on top of my walk, having that, that I can kind of do at home and those movements is so good for just that making sure your body is moving the way it's meant to do. So. Yeah, walking, you know, walking, it's it saved my life, you know. That's my people mental life and, as well yeah. as my body. <laughs> yeah, people try and over, people try overcomplicate it when really if, you listen, if you're out there and you're listening, watching this, you know, and you're thinking of starting, well, stop thinking, you know, just start, you know, get out and go for a walk, even if it's just get up right now after this mm, yeah. um, and uh, uh, walk out your door for 10 minutes, turn around and come home, it's a 20-minute walk. Well, I, I listen to podcasts when I walk because then I walk mm. a lot longer and I n- will never take walking for granted. I had a back injury after a running in- injury and I had about three years where walking more than five minutes would be immense pain. And so for me, the fact that I can walk for an hour or more with no pain is yeah. the biggest luxury of my life. Like to me, I would I think you know, when you've gone through those periods to be able to do those things and realize our bodies are made to hit, to walk and to move. And that's who we are. It is the biggest luxury to be able to be able to move them. And so we should take it. It's a gift to move. And also I'll just say with the boxing, Boxing's a great thing to do when you're healing because the fact you're punching something is a great release of energy. Yeah, yeah you get rid of all the negative energy. <laughs> exactly. We should also, all the influence should just pick up boxing. So with uh-huh. your um, so the other thing with the food share, can you send me a link for the podcast uh, after the podcast? And we'll put it in the notes if anyone wants to donate. They can donate money, can't they? Yep, that's the, the best way of helping what we yeah. do. We, we get very little funding and we're helping, you know, anywhere between 400 and 700 families a week you know, with, with nutritious food. And, and we're running at the moment a Christmas drive. We'll be looking out to 200 families for Christmas, um, not just with Christmas food, but, you know, also presents that are picked for, you know, specifically for their children. And the, the parcels will contain things that I normally wouldn't put in parcels, like chocolate biscuits and lollies. and. Or, it's or, Christmas. Know, 
yeah, it's Christmas. So I want these, you know, a lot of the families that we're helping here will not have had a a Christmas like we're about to give them. Yeah, and I think I will just say with this, as someone who used to not have anything, people often get a bit self-righteous about this and go, oh, no, you know, that's extra stuff. I will just tell you, as someone who had nothing once, Mm. To get those treats at Christmas is sometimes the only way you get those treats. And it's really nice yeah. to have them because it's not about you eating them. It's the fact that you can give them to your kids and make sure your kids don't for one day feel like they're missing out. 100%. And that's that's why we did this. this it's this Christmas event. It was just come out of our idea. And uh, we've managed to get some great support mm-hmm. where I just feel so sad for these kids, you know, and I wish I could do it for everyone. There shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't be kids that wake up on Christmas with nothing. No. And then you feel for the parents because, you know, I mean, you know what it's like as a yeah. for a parent that you you just feel, you know, you, like a letdown, you know, that you can't give your kids the Christmas they deserve. Yeah, you do. You know, yeah. And, the, you know, suicide rates rise over, over Christmas, you know, because mm. of the stress. So we want to take that stress away. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be such a happy day when we can do that. I love that. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been a real privilege, truly a servant and a gift to this planet. So thank you. And I'm really looking forward to other people hearing this today and hearing from you. Thanks so much. I think I love talking to Dave just because he is such a beautifully gentle, giving soul for a man who used to box for a living and has obviously had so many things happen in his past. I loved hearing how much he serves and cares for his community. And I found him completely inspiring. Regardless of where you sit in the area of misinformation, potentially this has made you very angry, this podcast, and you may have decided never to listen to me again, of which case I'm sorry to hear that. But I thought I would just go through with you the steps that you need to do as supplied to us by First Draft of how to make sure that your content is accurate as much as you can. So these are the steps I also do that I learned when I was a writer and, and freelance writer for magazines. So the first thing is to do is, the, is to try and find the original. Go and try and find the original post, the original source to the, to the material. Sometimes for me that has meant that I have found that it has been cut up or changed or wasn't anything to do with the day that it was there and it was changed. There's a thing called deep fake. So things can look very real but are actually fake. So I normally do that. The second thing I do is I find the author or the creator. I find the original person who made that and go and check and see what else they're saying and whether it lines up with what I believe and how I fit into things and what the facts are saying. So I go and check things out in terms of research. I confirm the date. So I go and see when was it posted. That was the mistake I made right at the beginning of the podcast with this beach um, information. It was old material. So I confirm the date that it was actually filmed or posted and if it fits in. I check out the location, was it in the actual place that it was meant to be? And we've seen that happen quite often now where posts are taken and saying it's in a New Zealand location, but it's a, an American piece of footage. So that's important. I undercover the motivation. What's really going on here? Why are they sharing this? And, and what is the reason they've got for sharing this? And then I look for visual clues, I look for things that maybe aren't correct or right through. This is really important and it's exhausting work. And it's tiring, but it's really important if we are doing things and sharing things as our place of influence, as a business owner, as a person that may have a good personal brand. It's so important to care and be careful about this. So those are the steps. I've put them in the show notes too for you to refer to. I've also put a link in the the show notes today to Dave Latelli's Food Share or Food Bank. 
if you are in a position to give this Christmas and you've been moved by the gift and the things that he does, um, I would invite you to share to help those in need this year have a Christmas where they can enjoy and be fed and looked after, plus the ongoing work that he does. And I hope that you've survived this and want to listen again. I um, would love it if you rated and reviewed. Even if you hated today, that's fine. And um, I hope you come back next week. We're going to be talking to Tony, who we had scheduled in for this week, but we moved. Um, and she's going to be talking about how to build a uh, marketing strategy for regional-based businesses. So that's going to be next week. And I'm looking forward to talking to you then. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclava.com slash podcast for more information.